Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead Westworld No, that's the West Wing West, Westworld There we go There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities the depth, the plot lines the hidden story arcs the beauty of these productions Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show Hello, hello, and welcome once again to the The One Show show. I'm John Holmes, and you know, last week when in Sweden a young girl pulled a sword out of a lake, well, Arthurian legend and arms clad in shimmering samite aside, this podcast is a bit like that. If you think of BBC One's early evening trite fest as a lake, and me as a young Swedish girl, then this is where we pull stuff out of The One Show lake to examine it although where the sword that the girl found is potentially valuable what the one show yields up when one goes fishing in it is essentially worthless but that is why we like it so what another week it's been on the green green sofas of one show home this week rod stewart flogs a lamp a cathedral is violated Ah, well, this is embarrassing. Hello, TTOS listeners. I'm Mark Haynes. I'm one of the guests on today's show, and I'm joined in my guest capacity by Alex Seavright. Um, well, this is embarrassing. We had some computer problems. So, to cut a long story short, uh, all the hard work that we did has been lost, and <laughs> you really missed some excellent material, probably three times as funny as we are normally. Here is a little bit we managed to salvage. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, yeah. And we'll get it out of the way early, Alex, of course, mm. because every time I say your surname, Alex Seavright, yes. I have to say, in the afternoon. And it is actually in the afternoon, so... So when we are Bonus points. This, thank you very much. John. Do you remember, on last week's podcast, have you I heard I am it? loving the show. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very big show. Have you, have you watched it before? I've caught it in passing, like the back end of it, or the front end of it, but never in between. That's more or less what everyone does. And... Unless I did, 
and I've forgotten about it because that could have happened as well. Yeah. If it wasn't for the notes I've written. I'm, well, where should, we start, where should we start? I mean, should we start with Monday? Did we yeah. all see Monday? This we, is the Rod Stewart episode. Yeah. Yes. So yes. we might as well start there. Yes. Because it opened, of course, with Rod Stewart wearing tartan. I mean, yep. obviously. Yep. But one fluffy slipper and one of his legs in a cast. Yep. He hasn't broken his leg. So, of course, they asked him about it. And you think, he's got... When my daughter broke her leg, right? So, a year ago, she fell off of some monkey bars at Twycross Zoo, if we're being specific. <laughs> uh, Come clean. <laughs> this isn't a child. It's a monkey that you've stolen. Shaved down it was and an, called it my an, daughter. An insurance claim that went wrong. <laughs> Twycross Zoo was still pending. It's fine. And it was the same sort of thing. And she broke her leg quite badly, because I'm a neglected parent. I can't... But all he'd done, it turned out when they asked him what it was, all he'd done was go into some nettles to fetch a ball. Back. Yeah, yes. and he said, "Oh, I trod on some concrete." He's probably wearing his tartan slippers. That was the problem. <laughs> Rod is. Do you know what? He it, loves Scotland so much that he will not live there. When I was a kid, I don't. You probably still get them. My sister used to collect them. He used to get dolls yes. in, yeah, in, in, in plastic yeah. tubes, in tombs. like like, <laughs> like guardsmen from London. He is exactly that. He is. Well, immediately after that, everything went absolutely fucking haywire. So all you need to know is we talked about Rod Stewart being a little bit of a fake Scotsman for a while before moving on to the interesting story of the Russian spy Oleg Gordievsky. By the way, if you get a chance, do watch the one show where Rod Stewart talks about the 19th century wailing song that he's put on his album. We were hilarious about it, but unfortunately, you'll never hear that. Right, we've got the recording sorted again now, so it's plain sailing from here. Sailing, like the Rod Stewart song. It's clever. I just should stop proceedings at this point to uh, mention to podcast listeners that during the recording of this, the computer uh, that, uh, well, it broke. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. So we're having to go back and... Basically, we've talked to ourselves <laughs> the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Isn't that exactly what podcasting is? <laughs> Three white men in a room, yep. sauntering on to an audience of no one. That's and then, exactly what it is. And but then we, panic and thinking, what have we covered? What is so this? if, what is if this? we now... Because we, we were in the middle of talking about a Russian spy, I think. So if we repeat ourselves, it's because yeah. we, don't, we, we, we don't know what was recorded or what was. No. I love the world of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about. Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the Rod Stewart episode. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, right? I heard he's not even from Scotland. <laughs> but the Russian spy. So we've established what his name is, but none of us can pronounce it. Essentially, the one show outed a Russian spy. Mm. That's that's what we learned, right? Yeah. They sort of said, "Here he is. This is what he looks like now." And I'd never heard of him before, <laughs> but now I have, which is not what you want from us. If I was a spy and someone did a film about me on a flagship magazine program. I'd be a bit annoyed about they it. They even put a little bit in it where he'd been talking to Kirsty Young on Radio 4 in 2008 and he said, I feel like I'm less safe now than I was five years ago. So you're sort of going, oh, that's a good clip. Let's put that bit in where he literally says, please don't make this film. Please <laughs> yeah. don't. My life depends on it. This is all because there's a book out. I think mm. there's a book coming. Ben McIntyre. That his ben books, McIntyre's his book, yeah. books are great. They are. He goes really in-depth. And I think he? Oleg Gordievsky has worked on this book with yeah. Ben McIntyre. So, you know, it's his fault when he gets <laughs> yeah. the old... Uh, I mean, I, I was about to say, actually, I don't know how he's going to die. Because these Russians, they mix it up, don't they? Oh, yeah. Do you remember when they did um, Georgie Markov? He got stabbed with an umbrella. umbrella. Yes. On the bridge. Yeah, and yeah, it had yeah. that little sort of tiny ricin pellet. Yeah. And now they've they've got this new Novichok. We didn't know what that was until they did this one. <laughs> and then... Then there was polonium. 
I'm looking forward to the new thing they're going to be using on Oleg Gordievsky because none of us know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be exciting. <laughs> it's all going to be down to the one show. And then out of that film, Rod Stewart just started clapping. Uh, it just started studio applause. Professionally. Sort of go, and also, that doesn't happen. We've seen the one show now quite often. And just coming out of films or indeed interviews about Russian spies or whatever it might be, there isn't studio applause at that point. But no. Rod Stewart just started some. As though he thought yeah. that was a thing. But he'll be dead soon, that spy. Now. Yeah. Well done for outing him. Well done, BBC. Do you think I'm Rusky? <laughs> <laughs> they had a little thing which I obviously had been sitting on the shelf for a while but they brought it up because Rod was on and Rod is in rock music where they just had a profile of a guy who used to be Queen's roadie. He was Queen's roadie for 11 yes. years. Yep. Um, Peter Hintz. Peter Hintz. Okay, he was... I loved this and not, you know, it wasn't very much. He just went around and went, this used to be the rehearsal room. It's now a Waitrose. This used to be the place where we'd all get together and it's now a Waitrose. <laughs> yeah. And it was a slight thing of, <laughs> I mean, any of the, they do in the, you might sort of go, let's get in the guy who worked very closely with Elton John. And he's just going to go around Watford going, now Waitrose, now Waitrose. That's the problem <laughs> with how we've come forward. But I really liked this and I liked it because he was just, a bloke that you wouldn't look at twice on the street. Yeah. He looked absolutely normal. Mm. And then he'd have sort of said, if you'd have met him, oh yeah, I spent 11 years hanging out with Freddie Mercury. He was even, they showed a clip of it at Live Aid. Where, now I didn't realise, mm. actually, there was something else I learned this week, uh-huh. that Queen were about to split up, but Live Aid changed the game for them. Right. Okay. And I thought that was, I mean, I knew they it pushed them, but I thought they were fairly at the top of their game at that point. I didn't realise. And, and this roadie said, no, no, they were back, they, they failed to crack America. Right. So they were going to call it a day. And then Bob Geldof phoned up and said, do you want to do this Live Aid thing? And they went, yeah. And that just brought them to a whole new audience. It, and they went, oh, I had no idea. He, and Peter Hintz was in the clip handing Brian May a guitar. I love That's, Peter Hintz's bit. Uh, you know Saxondale, the yeah, Steve yes, Coogan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Hintz at one point, when he's talking about Live Aid. He doesn't just say, but then Bob Geldof came along, approached no. the band, and said, "Would you like to take part in this this thing we're doing?" And he just went, "Along comes a Bob a Geldof and something called Live Aid." <laughs> you you might have heard of it. Yeah, the really well worn yeah. story. Yeah. I was I on it. stage in my tights, <laughs> denim shorts. I did like his story though about when a roadie is like, "Well, you've worked with Freddie Mercury, but you sort of go, we're good friends." And you go, "Yeah, but you probably didn't see him outside of work." Hmm. Uh, and he sort of said, um, I mean, Freddie really wasn't off stage like he was on stage. Actually, he liked to play Scrabble. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, famously, he also did a load of drugs and had a load of really risky gay sex. <laughs> so the Scrabble isn't the full story. No. Uh, I, I learned two things as well. This is the things I learned this week, mm. both from this piece. One is that Freddie Mercury really liked Indian food. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, and he was very keen to talk about his heritage then, wasn't he? Because, of course, he's from Zanzibar. Yep. Yeah. And the other one I learned is that Peter Hintz had Christmas cards from Freddie Mercury. And Freddie Mercury sent Christmas cards that had a studio portrait of himself on the front. It's and beautiful. nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to admire the arrogance. I mean, of that I mean man. there's something to do with Christmas. They've been campers. <laughs> yeah, 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 you yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> I when they came back and they were talking to uh, Rod Stewart about Freddie Mercury. Obviously, great mates, great rock and roll mates yeah. from back in the day, and he was very enthusiastic. Mm. Rightly so. Talking about Freddie in the old days. At one point, he bellowed up at the <laughs> studio ceiling. Yeah. All right, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie Mercury is not in heaven, <laughs> unless we're talking about heaven, the gay nightclub. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's definitely. Uh, Towards the floor. You should have started shouting yeah. down. <laughs> but he said, he said, yeah, me and, me and Freddie, uh, we, we were, uh, and uh, Elton John, we're going to be in a super group. Uh, and it was really called Nose, Teeth and Hair. <laughs> and then he said, I was the hair. 
And I thought, what? And then he went, oh, no way, I was the nose. He forgot. It'd have been great he if he... forgot he, which he, of that, out of nose, teeth yeah. and hair, he was. It'd have been great if I was the, uh, I was the teeth. I was the, uh, <laughs> the penis. Oh, oh, it was called oh, arse, penis and... <laughs> what? what is he called again? Kilts. Oh, broken ankle. It's called broken ankle because of the nettles. It's something really funny about as well, how Rod Stewart is so famous and knows so many famous people that he actually can't really remember the anecdote about the fun he had with Freddie Mercury and Elton John. Yeah. The only story he's got is I saw him uh, walking away from me on some stairs. When are you getting the band together? I'm too tired. Oh, do you know what? They all, they all got a bit tense with that story, A little didn't bit, they? yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I think they were thinking, is AIDS a swear word? Bugger is. Bugger is Rod. Rod, he swore, didn't he? He, said, the, he did. He yeah. said bugger. And, and they, only because they, they, they said, what would young Rod uh-huh. have thought if he knew you were still performing now? And, and, mm. and he just he just, he just a lucky bugger. Yeah, uh, and, he, and 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 I was expecting that classic BBC or in ITV live show. A, man, a guest swears, and then they have to go. <laughs> just apologise there in case they no. They just let him do it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going now. Is, is bugger just fine on the BBC now? Uh, there's, there's one rule for weird looking rock stars, <laughs> granny faced, <laughs> granny faced rock stars. Unbelievable. Uh, and we. Oh, just by the way, at the end of this, now you were saying earlier about Rod had basically mistaken Matt Baker for a fellow songwriter. Yes, he did. Yeah, he yeah. said. They were talking about how he writes songs. So, yeah. so they were talking to Rod. Stuart about writing his songs uh, in hotel rooms because Rod Stewart <laughs> oh, yeah. that was good I tu- liked that bit it turned out we'd already heard about his garage sale of his gaudy furniture Yeah, but then they said so you've done your entire new album in hotel rooms <laughs> around, uh, around, and I'm thinking can't he afford a studio what's going on <laughs> we heard some of the stuff he's doing songs about parents view on their child taking drugs yep. the one about the 19th century whaling industry <laughs> if you were working at Universal and he came on so I've got this new album to do are you going to book a studio? Are you going to go, do you know what, Rod? They'd sound really good if you just recorded them at home. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, do them when you're in the hotel or something. Yeah. Send them in. Yeah, and we'll, then we'll, we'll do it. What we think. That, that was humiliating. He must look at that and go, years ago, the only time I was in hotel rooms were because I, was, I, I had £80 worth of cocaine. Yeah. Now, I'm having to work at night. Mm. This is a come down. I've got a story. I can't tell it on here. Oh. Right. I can't I can't. Give us give um, us three I can't words give, I'm from not it. gonna give you the name of the the journalist because that because he told me this, so yeah. I don't want to pay him, but basically this person <laughs> a Rod Stewart party. Oh, right. okay. I think really I think that's as that's as far as <laughs> we can go. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think I think I feel safer if we stop there. Genuinely. <laughs> Freddie Mercury was just really tired. <laughs> Genuinely <laughs> involves cocaine. Right. Uh-huh. Is Rod Stewart known for... I mean, we'd all like to talk about this, right? Is he? Uh, I mean, is he's, he? he's got a big... He? Surely... Look, look, we don't know whether Rod Stewart likes cocaine, but no. we do know he's a huge fan of... Sugar puffs. <laughs> so we could talk about a yeah. rumour you've heard regarding... Yes. So, and let me make it clear, yeah. that is not a, a reference to any drugs. No, it doesn't it, mean no. it's not a metaphor. It's a cereal. It's literally the cereal, okay. the honey monster, uh, honey, Nabisco, honey puffs now. Honey puffs. Call, them, call them honey puffs now. Back when Rod was, was into them, sugar yeah. puffs. they were sugar puffs. Yeah. Yes. It, uh, there was a party in a hotel suite. I right. just hope these sugar puffs don't end up up someone's bum. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Nicks. <laughs> So, he's, and and he said to this journalist friend of mine, who's quite well known, so I'm not, I'm definitely not going to name. Him. Right. Yeah, because no one's heard of Rod Stewart. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. The journalist is the honey monster. So, right. one. so he said to him, "Have you got any sugar puffs?" Mm. The journalist said, as, "As it happens, I, I have." 
So Rod, he said, well, come with me. So Rod took him and took him into a wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) Whereupon they ate some sugar pops from a bowl with with milk. If anything, the the use of sugar pops in that makes it a far more bizarre story than even the one you had. And then then after the sugar pops, Rod said, I've got some cocaine as well if you want some. So they they tried the sugar pops and Rod said, these aren't very good sugar puffs. From, I, they're from Lidl. I, I think we can do better. So he opened the wardrobe door and beckoned one of his minders over and just went, give me the sugar puffs. And the minder got, I'm going to say a whole box of sugar puffs out of his pocket, handed it to Rod Stewart. And they then closed the wardrobe door and did Rod eight Rod sugar puffs. And they were much better. And that's, that's my Rod Stewart eat cereal story. Is, is, is the, the fact that the minder had such a large quantity of sugar puffs and it was a box of sugar puffs. As if most people carry just some sugar puffs. And, <laughs> I mean, they need you to have like a really big box um, for the story to work. Where, where, where did they get the milk from? I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> Is that another minder who had oh, milk? Oh, God. Oh, no. Do you know what? Next time we hear this back, it's going to be in Gallery oh, it's Two. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> of, of Crown Court. Yeah. Where Ron's oh. lawyers are going. Right. Sugar puffs, my lad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt Baker. So he gets to the end, and Rod has basically mistaken him for Jeff Buckley or someone. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, then we talk about how songs come out of Rod, right? And he said, yeah. he said yeah. they're born in me like children, <laughs> which is wrong yes. for one thing. Yeah, he doesn't know how it works. Yeah. He it? looked at Matt and he just went, "You know that as a songwriter." <laughs> What? Matt Baker's a songwriter. Amazing. He says songs are born in you like children. Do you think every time Rod Stewart has had sex with a groupie, he's woken up the next day and thought, I hope I'm not pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) He's pregnant with song. Pregnant with song. But yeah, they're Matt at the end. So he's getting on really well with Rod. He's having a good time. And Matt does like, with sportsmen and musicians, you know, oh, we could go for a drink after. And on this one, what he did was he listed a load of bands. Was it in a sort of lineup of? They're something? coming. They're doing uh, the one show very behind this, so we'll, we'll get to this. Mm. Children in Need rocks. It's a gig. It's a charity. Children in Need gig. And he revealed the lineup. Well, he revealed the lineup. But uh, Ollie Mers, George Ezra, Niall Rogers, Niall Rogers, yeah. and, and Shick. Shick. <laughs> oh, Schick. mate. I mean, it's not quite. It's not quite John Travolta and Adele Dazeem, but it's. <laughs> It's nearing that, isn't it? It, it was everybody yeah. laughed. They yeah. laughed yeah. in yeah. this... Ah! Shit! Alex yeah. jumped down his throat on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what are you going to see next? Coel de play? That just sounded like you're doing it yeah. well. <laughs> Matt Coel Beaker. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I wondered, because, you know, shit what? Mm. Shit! And he, <laughs> when he caught himself, he realised, you know, he didn't quite laugh. Because no. he was a bit embarrassed, I yep. think. Yeah. But I wondered whether it wasn't him, but an autocue thing. So somebody okay. had typed in, you know, usually Ollie Murs, George Ezra, Nile Rogers, and Schick, and maybe someone had typed S H I C. It was almost like he knew it was wrong, but just said it because it was yeah. in the autocue. Well, in fairness, it was I, an anchor man. In moment. fairness, in sometimes yeah. you do see those words, and because you're yeah. going through a load, yeah. you don't necessarily know it's coming up, yeah. and you just you see the shape of it and you say it, and that's I, fair enough. Yeah, it's almost like he did try, try to catch himself saying, "Don't say." 
yeah. chick. But, Don't but, say yeah. chick. But all I'll say is, is this is not the show that is going to go, oh, that's an understandable mistake. We're, we're going to look for things like that, mm. and then we're going to spend a few minutes yeah. laughing at them oh, in a way yeah. that is that is both unfair... <laughs> It's unlikable, but it's also it's the way things are. It's our yeah. bread and butter. Is what it, is. <laughs> it really is. I it mean, really if this is. paid, it would be our bread and I butter. I mean, imagine how bad this podcast would be if we were just going. I quite enjoyed it. It would be appalling because if you <laughs> quite enjoy the one show, watch the one show. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what are you listening to this oh, for? Oh, it would be a fucking lie as well. <laughs> <laughs> also, when I say bread and butter, I say our bread and butter. I mean our cocaine. Is that what I'm yeah. <laughs> sugar puffs. Sugar puffs. Let's talk about this week's handbrake turn of the week. Right. This is when the one show go from one subject. Lurch from one subject to another without using a clutch. Alex, what did you spot? Well, the big one was pickled eggs to <laughs> British citizenship. This tests. was Wednesday's Nigella Lawson. Nigella episode. Lawson yeah. apparently they, they spoke to her at the beginning and said that oh, you apparently you won a thousand pounds for eating ten pickled eggs. She said, I think it was thirty. Yeah, to correct it. <laughs> That's right. Big round of applause for that. You're absolutely right. Then, uh, for some weird reason. Matt just started applauding yep. the fact that Nigella Lawson had eaten 30 pickled he eggs. also, once the applause was dying down, he did a sort of, like, fist pump and went, X. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, I had to re- rewind it because I've glanced away from the screen, which happens, you know, when you do this, and I thought she said, oh, I couldn't do that. But it was actually Alex Jones that said, I couldn't do that. So Alex Jones couldn't eat 10 pickled eggs for £1,000. I would love, and look, guys, we know you're listening, making the one show. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think every week there should be a challenge that is set based on something that someone has said in passing. And one of those, the obvious one to start with, is to make Alex eat ten mm. eggs, pickled eggs, yeah. for, for for all the dads to watch <laughs> for for her fee that week. Yeah. Um, for and, and, and honestly, a thousand pounds on the table. Yeah. Let, let's add some high stakes to the one show yeah. for a change. The fear. Fear of missing out. Fear of going out. Fear of flying. Fear of dying. Imposter syndrome. Spiders. Pipes from Ghostwatch. Dolls with buttons for eyes. We're all scared of something. But what are you scared of? Join me, Sarah Morgan, for The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. The secret lemonade drinker adverts. Geese. That time on Biker Grove and Agma Parling got shot in the face with a paintball. In each episode, I interview funny, interesting people I like, people like Phil Jupitus, Alice Lowe, Richard Osman, Riley Silverman, and Danielle Ward, about their biggest fears in a judgment-free environment. It is spooktacular. The Fear. And remember do have nightmares because they're an entirely appropriate response to the horrors of modern living. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to Rule of Three, a podcast about comedy. I'm Joel Morris. I'm Jason Hazley. And as usual, we're joined by someone who makes comedy to talk about something funny that they love. Martin's voice really jumped up Just onto emerged. my back and <laughs> sneaked round to the side of my neck and went down my throat and then came out again. And suddenly, there he was. I think I'm the only scaffolder or ex-scaffolder to have been on a BAFTA-type stage. There's more money in faces. There's more money in faces, but there's no control. That's what I like. I you like can't control, control face. I can't control where I put my face. And Rory sort of pitched to James, can the can flute be the last word? Because I think that's the funniest mm. word to end on. And James went, I know it is, and that's why I don't want it to be at the end. But yep. there's this idea that there's a limited amount of space for funny. It's like when men think they have to go out with someone who's not funny. <laughs> as if, like, but if she's funny, what'll I do? You're like, you'll both laugh! You will both have a laugh! But I, it was a handbrake turn, but the only thing I can think of is because it was a thousand pounds to eat 30 pickled eggs. And that's how much it costs for to get the British citizenship oh, test. Mate. Yes, so right. maybe so, they should just eat 30 pickled eggs instead. If you eat 30 pickled eggs, then you can be become British. a British <laughs> citizen. It was an interesting coincidence that that was the amount of money that she won for eating eggs. Yeah. And that's what it now costs to become a British citizen, you know, if yeah. you're a 15 year old boy yeah. and have only just found out. Uh, thank you, government, that you're not British at all, even when you thought you were. Do you know what? This VT, this VT is the first VT I've seen in a long time that actually really, I was annoyed and upset and and for the right reasons. You know, they Mm. were telling you a story that was gross about a load of kids who had been in Britain, you know, believing that they were British. They'd come when they were very young or their parents had been believed they were British and they weren't. And it's these kids finding out at 15 that they haven't got British citizenship. And they've been in British schools their lives. They've, They've had the NHS and no one's ever said to them, oh, by the way, you probably need to get this sorted out now they are doing it it costs a grand and that figure is so high because the home office makes 600 pounds every time it yeah. happens yeah, yeah. there's a 15 year old boy there who just he wanted to join the army that's right and they were like oh we couldn't process you have to be a british citizen to join the army if he wants to join the army work it out why aren't the army paying for it yeah, yeah. you know he seemed like a really sort of, just a nice lad and it was so horrible watching this and we came back after it and everyone sort of went oh you know that makes you think uh, nigella your, your book's 20 years old, isn't it? You know, tell us about the fucking gravy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point of the one show. It has to, it's doing that and it's worth, it's, I didn't know about it. So, mm. you know, that is a worthy, I mean, I mean, I watched it. I'm not going to do anything, but I did watch it and I learned. <laughs> there was yes. a funny thing as well where they did introduce the fact it was a thousand pounds. And I bet Nigella was thinking, I wish I hadn't gone on about how I made that money eating some, eat eggs, some eggs in a sort of rich people's yeah. hilarious man versus food challenge. The God! 
got applause from Matt Baker. Absolutely. You're applauding a woman for winning a bet where she ate some pickled eggs, and you're applauding her like she's Malala. Yeah. Cut, yeah well done. <laughs> and that little lad yeah. who wants to join the military is sitting there going, why is everyone cheering the woman? Yeah. With yeah. What about me? Yeah. My story's sad. <laughs> Oh, but she's eating a lot of eggs. <laughs> I'd like to say about Nigella's book as well, 20 years old, and it's called How to Eat. And I, yeah. I feel like I don't need that book, because I'm, I'm like 40 next year and I know how to eat. Yeah. So Rod Stewart just eats sugar puffs, that's all he, he does. Just, uh, Keeps him thin, weirdly. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> Nigella was really... Uh, this. You, you might think, oh, it's just a cookbook. No, this is up there with the great books of our time. Yeah. Now... That's not coming from me. That's coming from the author. So <laughs> normally you'd be too embarrassed to say that your book was a great work of literature. But if the author is willing to say that, then it's got to be. Yeah, to get over that embarrassment hurdle. It's like a sacred Gnostic text. <laughs> it really but is. There's, there's no pictures. Oh, there's, uh, uh, yeah. There's none of them. like a there. novel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is this still a book if it's not got pictures? <laughs> There was another VT in this episode with a fresher, a new student, a fresher student. Again, jumping from those kids who haven't got citizenship and are being punished by a government to this this one. To this middle class. This angered me more than the British citizenship one. I was like, this is the most fucking pointless thing you're putting on it. Oh, some parents are worried about what their students eating so we're going to make some videos for him to watch. His parents yeah. had done learning YouTube videos. Yeah. So the one show had filmed him watching his parents' YouTube videos about how to iron. He hadn't even got an iron. His parents <laughs> didn't know he hadn't got an iron. I, they I, did him an ironing video. I've written on my notes here, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't fucking care. Uh, it was like a shit version of, do you remember oh, Get Stuffed? Yeah. Yes. That 1990s, it would appear for fucking Get Stuffed, Get Stuffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. Back, and they'd stuff, sort yeah. of go, Late slap night. this in here, do that, and then go out and get pissed. Do you remember when being a student was a right laugh? Yes. <laughs> he, he doesn't. That Jesus kid doesn't. Christ. Oh, this mopey. was the most depressing thing I've ever seen. It looks like being in the civil service. Yeah. You know, if my parents, at the end of this, they turned up with a special takeaway for them. Live, as a surprise. With, with, with the longest delay you could possibly imagine of any uh, life. Oh, the poor kid, of course. Why would he know how delaying television feeds work? <laughs> he, just, he just looked like an idiot. <laughs> he he just staring at the screen going, to this uh, awkward interview. Where, they were oh. all sort of sitting there and the parents came in and everyone reacted like, God, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, That's all I've a, 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 I don't care. B, if my parents had turned up to when I was at university, they would have, they would have been sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the gravy. Oh, oh you yeah. Roast, he made the roast and forgot the gravy. Fucking this fifteen-year-old boy can't join the army or live in Britain. Yeah. You, you forgot, forgot the fucking gravy. Yeah. What, what was he studying? Uh, well, I'm not sure he was even studying. No. They asked oh, him what he was. Oh, what was your day? Did you have a hard day today? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He said I got up at one. Yeah. Uh, I went to a mindfulness class. Fucking student. And came back days. and chilled out. Students, these are you know, going to university is a privilege, not a right these days. But you should be treating it in the way it should be, which is you should be off your fucking nut twenty four seven. And, and all we got was him 
trying to yeah. sort out the clothes that go in the yeah. washing machine oh. together because his parents had sent him a video which was a bit racist like I mentioned a racist <laughs> washing machine he's going well I'm going to separate the coloureds and the whites no that's yeah. apartheid so, so you've got <laughs> he'll be banned from the student union yeah. Yeah. you can't yeah. say as a student I'm going to separate the coloureds and the whites even if you are talking about a washing machine these days yes. they are clothes of colour the, the problem, start, is, the problem yeah. is Kylan you are already appearing on BBC One which is fundamentally anti-Semitic <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound any fun at all again when you was sorting his clothes out. I remember being at university for about five weeks. I wore a hoodie that I'd found in some bushes, <laughs> and it later turned out they believed it had been used in a crime and dumped. Right? <laughs> now that was what being a student was about. Yeah. It wasn't about going. Can I make a roast dinner uh, for two bookish women? Uh, and then this episode ended with uh, it was the the day that Zoe Ball was announced. Oh, yes. the Ball bags breakfast. Ball bags breakfast. Now we all saw that, right? That was yeah. on the BBC yeah. News. Yeah. Ball bags breakfast. Ball yep. bags breakfast. Yep. Now, do we just let's? Do we think that was deliberate? I mean, I know this was all over social media and people talking about it. Ball bags breakfast. It's alliteration, isn't it? It is so alliteration at the BBC is the highest form of production. Yeah, but she was in the Strictly studio because she does that spin-off program. They spoke to her. She was all excited about it. No um, delay. No right delay on. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, then what was great about that was she was at the Woman Breakfast Show Radio Two is going to be brilliant. All the glossy stuff about that. And then they said, "Well, we've got a fan of yours." A fan of yours has sent you a message. It's your climate change denying dad. (laughs) Johnny Ball. And all I was thinking was, because, you know, Johnny Ball from our era, Johnny Ball's Think of a Number, was it? That was his TV show. And I was going, Johnny Ball, Zoe, think of a number. Halve it, halve it again, halve it again, (laughs) and again. And that's what you'll get paid for the breakfast show because you're a woman. She didn't actually look best pleased about always having her dad be brought on for these sorts of things. She is she is great. I love Zabel. I think you do need to stop just going, here's your dad. Yeah. It's been done a lot. I only ever see Johnny Ball now when he's been brought on to surprise <laughs> Zoe Ball, and I see him about twice a week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Did anyone see what I'm going to call the cabaret? edition are we talking well, about the, Tuesday show I am talking where about it was Tuesday set show. in a Greek tavern <laughs> that's right <laughs> where it was the most horrific start of any TV show ever seen ever in full stop and that includes so like funerals Matt and Alex were standing outside the studio mm. in the dark as it is uh-huh. now at that time of night it's clearly quite cold because she had a, he was <laughs> like he was shivering more Mediterranean <laughs> he yeah. had a sort of they'd put something on her because she'd obviously gone I'm not going out there it's cold mm. give me something and they went well the perfect way to beat the October blues it's a one show Mamma Mia part and they went to a, the door that they go in and they walked in and you're right and it was like oh my god they've turned the studio into a Greek taverna this was just pure advertising yeah. so this is for a new thing called Mamma Mia the party, party. that's Right, and so it's a, a funny sort of six-hour-long. You go for a dinner, immersive and then there's all, all I got from it was uh, it's expensive. Oh God, they really mentioned that yeah, loads of times. It, it's yeah. expensive. Alex, Alex jumped into that, and Bjorn from ABBA was there to talk about it, yeah. Yeah. and he had to really sort of defend, sort of going, "Well, I mean, you get a lot for the, the money. It's you get three <laughs> tickets for one. A simple way to actually make the tickets cheaper would be to sell them individually. Yeah, I don't yeah, know why yeah, this, yeah. this yeah. three thing is there. You get a dinner, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he some meatballs. I mean, I love Bjorn because he just, there was a point where he said, I mean, you know, it's not cringeworthy. And I was thinking, you've got to be good at English before you get to the bit of going, and what is cringeworthy? And (laughs) great, I can use this. What is cringeworthy? Abba. (laughs) (laughs) That's cringeworthy. But he did, I mean, he was quite a boring man. I mean, I I, I, I am a big Abba fan. I mean, the Mm. songwriting of Abba is 
is stunning. Like yeah. Eagle mm. yeah. is mm. one of the best songs ever written. Absolutely brilliant songwriters and all the rest of it. And yeah. many Come on, they're reasons. bangers. Abba Gold. Yeah. You could actually hold up Abba Gold with pretty much yeah. any released yeah. music but by even a single the, act. even the album tracks, like, you know, yeah. that weren't big hits the, the day before you came, that sort of thing. You know, fantastic stuff. So, absolutely. But God, he's boring when he's talking oh, yes. about stuff, isn't he? And they talked about what else you get, this dinner, and then he said, uh, you get a disco at the end. Yes. Yeah. And then, then Alex, I think it was Alex, who just, just said, there was a lot of Abba, that. And, and he, he went, he's not just Abba. He's not just Abba. Yeah, they there play is, Abba. Yeah, there are other songs. Maybe they're, they're playing songs by Sheik. <laughs> 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 or Rod Stewart's wailing. Yeah. We track. are wailing. <laughs> it's immersive theatre, so you go for a dinner. It's a bit like that Faulty Towers one that's yes. been around for yeah, a while. the Faulty Towers yeah. experience, yeah. And so it's like that, but, the, you know, they, the, a, a, a kind of... A, Plot unveils it in front of you. You have some dinner. You can stand up. You can join in with the actors. It sounds awful. Oh, it, it, does. It, it sounds like my idea of hell. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, there was circus. He said there's flames. There's circus, and he's very exciting, making it sound anything but that. <laughs> that was one of my favourite bits actually, when, when they showed that picture of the fire with the guy there. Yeah, and, and Alex went, "What's going on there then?" And it was like fire excitement. Say what you see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I like the way they asked him, "What would your ideal oh, night out be?" And he basically went, "Well, well, everything I've just been talking about." It's entirely the opposite. So yeah. he was like, "I'd like I, so I go good. for a, a quiet meal with my family." This, this was his British, and he just went a family dinner with uh, seventeen of us. Go to a nice restaurant in the archipelago of Stockholm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was like a perfect sentence. I wrote it down. By the way, it's not launching until next September. Yeah. Yes, a, a year away. They ended it by just going, and that is very much not for you if you like a quiet night out. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, and then weirdly linked <laughs> that to a film they'd obviously got on the shelf of secret. C- I, so Michael Douglas, the hairdresser, I, I, not I, the I got so excited. Michael Douglas at Secret <laughs> Cinema. Oh, I'm disappointed. That one. <laughs> I'm disappointed immediately. So you've only dragged this out because because someone in the production team has gone. Hang on, immersive things. We've got a film on Secret Cinema because yeah. that Blade Runner thing was April. A- Ages ago. April, yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was. I've always fancied myself as a salon sleuth. <laughs> now, let me tell you, right? Salon sleuth, not a thing. Yes, there's sleuthing, I suppose. You, you could add a pinch. Yeah. I mean, it could be. No s- salon. It could be scissor blade runner when you think about it. It could do that. The final cut. Uh, this was hilarious because this was all over the shop. But Secret Cinema were obviously like, yes, you can do it, but up to a point. We're yeah. not going to give away all, yeah. all the stuff because people have paid up to 140 quid. So we're not going to spunk it on your show. So Michael took a super into a hotel to cut yeah. his hair. It was a film so, about secret cinema, but all he saw was a man cutting a man's it hair. Was. And then commenting on other people's hair in the queue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. this is good hair. Like, what was it for? Mental. Uh, he bleached a bloke's hair so he looked like Rutger Hauer. That's right. Um, Roy Batty. Yeah, which but I, he didn't look like Rutger Hauer. He did not. Roy Batty is yes. the character. Always, whenever they say that, they say it. In, that to me is just like 1980s Coronation Street. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Having the villain being Roy Batty, even though I've seen a <laughs> lovely I've husband seen it a million times. Yeah. I can only ever picture like a sort of fat Lancashire lad in his sort of like seventies, <laughs> just go oh, I'll, I'll down deck out. <laughs> you know? Your fed like tears in the rain. They do. <laughs> Jump back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. I've been having a sort of daydream about us with a stick on its head. That is the Blade Runner with the salon. It's like, you've got an oldest this year. Yeah, I'm Matt Batty, mate. I'm, gonna... I'm, 
I'm going to a, a place where I see the sun. Just <laughs> crash into I'm trying to think of that famous speech. It's a Ryan Bell. What is it? The... My wife, who's from Manchester, I'll get her to do a broad <laughs> sale voice. Please and we'll, amazing. We'll do the whole uh, Ryan Bell speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good, I've good seen, news. What is it? Ships on fire off the shoulders <laughs> of Orion. Shoulders of Orion. Top shoulder at Orion. <laughs> oh, it's oh. bloody hot, I tell you, when you get there. What a treat, what a treat for the end of the podcast that'll be. Uh. Um, uh, they mentioned uh, to be on his um, like avatar thing or avatar, but I misheard it. The holographic it, yeah, avatar. I thought it was avatar yeah. initially. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did that'd be a great, there's an immersive experience. Avatar. <laughs> where yeah. you go and watch animals being <laughs> slaughtered be to a soundtrack of Abba. Amazing. They called their B sides album the collection of B sides Abattoir. Abattoir. The, the offcuts. <laughs> Just imagine that watching the slow. You've got like a silent disco. You've got headphones on, listening to a jaunty Abba tunes, <laughs> dancing. Quick. Trees amazed, dancing across while a cow's been bolt gunned in the head. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> just moving on from this bit uh, yeah. we also had the VT here again a timeless one about the cathedral window oh David Hockney David Hockney I, I so zoned out you, you have got to respect David Hockney because he is taking the piss isn't he I mean there's going to be a new window in Westminster Abbey and you're right this is a film that's been on the shelf for a while yeah and this was to celebrate the Queen's reign really <laughs> muddy that Queen's got loads mate absolutely (laughs) loads do something for someone contemporary so they got Hockney to design it and the inference was that Hockney thinks that the stained glass window art in Westminster Abbey which has been there for centuries is shit yes he did and he said it's not very good said Hockney it's not very good I can't tell I can't tell what's going on (laughs) (laughs) so what so what did he do uh, made he, a shitter he, one he is what he did he, he basically got on his iPad and yeah. did something a kid would do on an iPad yeah. and then he was like I'm more than happy with that invoicing closed fucking awful isn't it it's Absolutely daylight robbery dreadful. just been shown on BBC One that's yeah. all it is and then they, and it's then like t- crime watch all over t- again two years to make the, the sentence I enjoyed was um, no it wasn't a sentence it was a caption that came up while we were we were watching the window be made and it said here glass for the window it said was mouth blown in Germany mm. and all I can think of haven't we all been <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at that again. Uh, there is actually, that is quite a good way to commemorate our Queen, which is by having it being half German. <laughs> <laughs> the, there was a, a Matt Baker joke. Now, we talked about the quality of Matt Baker's jokes going up. Yeah. This week, there was a good one because on the, the ABBA episode, and by the way, did you notice during the, the whole interview with Bjorn from ABBA, there was a guy sitting behind him playing the bazooki. Yes. And it was like the cheese shop sketch from Monty <laughs> yeah, Biden. Yeah. It's just yeah. this continuous bazooki. And you genuinely wanted it to get louder and yeah, faster. Shut and up! That bloody bazooka! <laughs> Stand up, smash it to bits. But no, but then there was another Bjorn on there. Thomas Bjorn, yeah. uh, the, golfer. The, the golfer, the captain he's, of the Ryder spent, Cup. He seemed to spend the whole episode holding that trophy. Mm. I could be wrong. Yeah, Every no, time I think you're right. back to him, just holding it. But Matt went over to talk to him for the end of the show. And did someone just go? Oh, this is a happy coincidence. Bjorn and Bjorn. Because yeah. Matt was able to just go. Well, th- we're going to go now and talk to a second Bjorn. But there's one Bjorn. At Every minute round here, oh, isn't it? I, I mean, oh, I, I don't mind I that didn't because mind it. Uh, because in a weird way, 
there are unusually on a television show two people called Bjorn, so it does seem like something you should remark on. Yeah. Just, otherwise, you'd be like, why aren't they? T- why aren't they talking about the fact they're both called Bjorn, an unusual name? What is going on? Has no one else noticed? That guy was boring. He, he, oh, very, he was. I mean, it was a bit, they were both boring Bjorns, is what they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, the handbrake turn. My handbrake turn of the week came in this episode as well because they obviously talked to Bjorn from ABBA and then said, "Well, there's there's an ABBA song for every love affair," but now. Couples in England and Wales can oh, say, shit. I do, I do, I do, oh, I, I do, I do, I because this morning civil partnerships for heterosexual couples were announced and so on. So Angelica's been out on the streets to find out what people yeah. think. And the, it was just a VT. It was, what, a minute and a half long, uh, it, maybe? Yeah. so in, long compared in, to what they actually had in it. In Kingston. I know Kingston very well, so I was going, oh, that's so-and-so. I wasn't really listening to what they were doing, what yeah. they were saying. I was like, oh, that's it. And the only thing I got was an old couple saying, well, if they want to do whatever they want to do, they keep it to themselves. Or <laughs> words along that sort of... Yeah. That's Sort of thing. That, that, this is uh, again. They didn't really explain this in the piece, but I believe the only reason we have civil partnerships for heterosexual couples is because I believe there was a Christian couple who felt that if gay people had the right to marriage, then heterosexual people should have the right to civil partnership. Yes, mm. something they don't actually need no. because they have the protection of marriage. Civil partnership that's came right. up because gay that's people right. couldn't get married, yeah. and so it, it, nobody sort of went into this whole thing of this is actually a sort of quite bad spirited thing. Everyone was just like, we can all do it now. And so everyone was sitting there going, well, it's good we got the same right as the gays. That was the attitude. But when they yeah. came back to the studio, Matt quite rightly went, well, how do you propose that? Oh, no. Will you civil me? Yeah. <laughs> how do you answer that? Imagine imagine if two blocks did it. <laughs> the mind boggles. <laughs> you know, oh, but that, that, that cropped up a bit later as well, because they, when they were talking about the, the Mamma Mia immersive dinner, theatre, whatever the hell it is, uh, I think Matt said something like, well, it'd be ideal for a hen night, or a gang of girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, come on. Yeah. And gay men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned something I learned this week, so we all like to talk about something we've learned. Uh, most interesting fact. IKEA hmm. name their doormats with Danish names because of the Swedish-Danish rivalry. Hmm. So doormats that you wipe your feet on all have Danish names that's in IKEA. Hila- that's like something they'd have done in 1980s Iraq, yeah. where you could only buy... <laughs> Foot mats that would have the stars and stripes on. Brilliant. Isn't that good? Great. And that came out of a film where Sandy Toxvig pretended to hate Bjorn from ABBA, where they were just little piece yeah. into the whole thing about Mamma Mia being immersive. And it turns out Sandy Toxvig is a writer on the immersive theatre show. I mean, it's, it's, it's ironic that that video was promoting immersion, and yet it completely took me out of what I was looking at. <laughs> and I just, I'm like, oh, oh, is this for Bake Off? Or what's going on now? What's this? Um, right, any right. other business uh, before we bring it all to a close? I with I, the speech from Blade Runner in a broad sail accent, I mean, the, which the, I'm looking forward the to. The only thing I didn't really mention was Nigella Lawson dismissing Alex with her comments of, like, pickled egg or onion soup. And there was two instances of that. I just thought that's worth mentioning. I'd forgotten the onion soup bit, yeah. They onion did, soup? Yeah, she, they did ask her about what she made as a student yeah, time yeah, with that, yeah. didn't they? And she said something like, I, I just went around getting leftovers from other students to see if they got any alcohol in their rooms or something. Yeah, yeah that was it. But it, it, well, they, literally just Nigella just dismissing any, when Alex just piped up with yeah. mentioning food. Maybe that's an off button for it's Nigella Worth pointing out that Nigella Lawson also went to Oxford, where I believe, depending on which college you go to, there is a formal meal every night so I think any food she was making was very much uh, a bit of fun um, I have a tiny uh, little update on our new feature 
on the the one show show, mm. which is called "You Know Who You Aren't." You know who you aren't. Which is a a section where we've asked people to submit "You Know Who You Are"s to the one show, yeah. in the hope of getting read out. Correct. And what I see this bit as is very much a changing of our relationship with the one show, where previously we've been tolerated, and now we're actively uh, messing around with it. And I should imagine they will be displeased. Uh, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so Dominic Foot, bigger badder Dom on Twitter he says I'm loving the show not the one show obviously this one yeah. I was tempted by John Holmes' suggestion of trying to get a fake you know who you are onto the show but I've realised that would mean having to actually watch the one show to see if I made it on so I'm afraid I'm out <laughs> and Lardy Barstow on Twitter he says I have gone in with a fake you know who you are but it's about a kidney transplant and it may be too dark <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will see. We will see. And no one else will see, because no one else watches it. We will see. That's it. So if you do one, do let us know if it's gone out. Don't tell us about it on Twitter, because that makes us complicit. And they (laughs) they will shut us the fuck down. Um, But do, of course, rate and review this. Every little helps, apparently, with podcasts. That's what we're learning. So we appreciate that if you are doing it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, But here's what to remember. Do remember this. When you look at the television to look at the one show, the one show also looks back into you. Goodbye. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser gates. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Time to die. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. 
Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.